You're listening to episode number 12. Well, hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It feels like forever since I have recorded a podcast, partially because I have been doing what's called batching, which is taking a ton of time to prepare multiple podcasts at once. And then actually I'm recording several of them at one time. It saves me tons of time. Highly suggest it. If you're ever thinking about doing a podcast, Monday rolls around and I'm like, wow, I don't I don't have a podcast to record for tomorrow. And it's the most amazing feeling. Well, today, you guys, I'm so excited to be back with you guys and to talk about one of my most favorite topics in the entire world, which is vision. And the really cool thing is this is in perfect alignment with actually what my pastor at our church is talking about in our Vision Builder season and uh, Vision Builders series as well. And so I'm super excited to chat with you guys about all of this today. And today I really want to start with an awesome quote, and that quote is, God can give you a vision, but he can't carry it out for you. Now, I don't know if any of you guys were were raised in this kind of an environment, but I was a little bit. I was raised in a very awesome church movement called Word of Faith, and while this whole podcast is certainly not going to be about church stuff, it greatly has affected the way that I perceive life and the way that I see through the lens that I see. And over the past couple years since being at my amazing church, My City Church, my perspective has changed so much in alignment with what this quote means to me. And growing up, I very, very, very much have always had a huge spirit of faith like on my life. I've always been able to believe for things and just been a really positive person. But where I got cut up was actually in being such a visionary, I really, really lacked the implementation factor. And what I found was that I was getting really frustrated and sometimes doubting God or being angry with God because I felt like I was praying, 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 and was like, God, are you on the other end of the phone? Like, what's going on? I thought that when I, you know, sought that, when it says like, ask and knock and seek and find, then you will find me. And I was like, well, what the heck is going on? I have this vision and I believe that you've spoken to me about what my calling is in life and what I want to do. And I think all of us at some point in time have asked ourselves, what the heck is going on, God? Like, why am I not receiving what you told me is supposed to happen? And so I really want to talk about that today um, from kind of a different perspective, too. And with this quote, I thought of another thing in alignment with this. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but have you ever just like walked around in an environment that you're not normally in or say the mall or a networking event or just even different businesses or wherever you are where there's tons of people? And have you ever kind of just turned your mind on to realizing how negative people are? I think once you're kind of awake to this thing, it's really, really hard to like unhear it. And honestly, it is one of my favorite things and also most annoying things to me now to notice. I just can't believe sometimes how normal it is in our society colloquially to just be super negative all the time. And, you know, I don't think that it's 
to pass judgment on anyone because I genuinely think that it's a learned behavior and that most people are totally unaware that they're doing it. And so no judgment to that. But I just wondered to myself when I first became kind of aware to this, I was like, why the heck is it so societally normal to be so negative? Because negativity is such a massive, massive killer of vision. Now, connecting this with my faith background, okay, going back to vision. So like I said, I was raised in a, in a really big faith environment that I'm super grateful for, but I think where Christians get it wrong sometimes and where church people get it wrong sometimes is that we put so much faith in the God side of things that I think that we forget that there's a massive other 50%, if not, I don't know, whatever percent you want to call it. That's the practical side where we have to raise our own hand and say, okay, great. You've given me the ball. Now I need to run with it. Going back to that quote, God can give you a vision, but he can't carry it out for you. Now, I don't want anybody to get all religious and legalistic on me. I'm not saying that God isn't omniscient, omnipotent, all that stuff. Of course, God can do anything and he will do just about anything to help his kids, right, who love him. But at the same time, there really is this component of our side that God needs for us to carry out in order to make this vision of ours come true. And one of my favorite verses to support that is James 2.17, which says, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. <laughs> and it was so funny as I was looking at this, I was like, oh, that's probably going to step on some toes a little bit. It might feel like a pinch. But I really hope that this actually is something that sets you free today, because which is worse, wondering your whole life why, quote, your prayers don't get answered, unquote, and feeling like you just want to be angry or blame God all the time, or learning how to take some personal responsibility and massive imperfect action to actually like help see your vision and your dreams come true, right? Um, I will take the second, please. So with that being said today, you guys, I've put together five questions, kind of some challenge statements that I want to set before you for some discussion. And I promise you that these will help catapult you into hope again and start seeing some results. How does that sound? Uh, it sounds good to me because again, I have been stuck, you guys, for so long. I would say almost all of college. I just, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been a visionary. I've always been somebody who, when I see a problem, I, I'll write, you know, my my business plan on a napkin and or I have a thousand notes in my phone. It's the same thing with songwriting, right? Like I'll be in the shower and I'll run out with the towel and got to sing in an, an audio note because I have these visions. I have these ideas all the time. But God really wrecked me a couple years ago when I was so frustrated that I wasn't achieving my dreams. And even when I was first starting out in my business and I just wasn't making the kind of money I wanted to make, I wasn't getting to have as much influence as I wanted to have. I remember feeling so stuck and so frustrated. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that on next, next week's podcast, which I'm really excited for that episode as well. But let's dive in. For right now to number one. Okay. So these are the five questions or challenge statements that I want to set before you that will help you start to get some results. Okay. So the first question that I want you guys to ask yourself is drum roll, please. Are you an owner? So we talked about this, Pastor Jesse talked about this in his sermon last week at My City Church, which you guys can go listen to the My City Church podcast. Shout out to them. It's the most amazing podcast ever. Yes, I'm biased. You know, it might be number two after the Powerhouse podcast, but you know, number one church podcast for sure out there. And Pastor Jesse made some really awesome points about how to take ownership of the vision that you're underneath for your life. And it was an absolutely incredible sermon. So I highly suggest you going and finding that. But here's some questions amongst asking yourself the question, are you an owner? owner that I think will really help you. The first one is what you want actually the most important thing in the world to you, or is it a dream of someone else's? 
You guys, it is so heartbreaking sometimes for me, unfortunately, to see uh, these pageant moms or let's just take a completely different industry, right? Like let's take sports growing up where you clearly see that this kid has no passion for a sport or no passion for pageantry or no passion for the clarinet, but their parent wants their child to be successful so badly. Or you see the parents who didn't necessarily meet their own goals, in that specific sector. And so they're trying to jam it down their child's throat when it's not actually even their dream. The first question to be an owner, you guys, is you have to ask yourself, is this even my dream? Is this the most important thing in the world to me? Because if it's not, you're just not going to have what it takes to accomplish it because there's going to be roadblocks and your fight or flight is going to come. Let me tell you for sure. And when the pedal hits the metal and the crap hits the fan, you're just going to want to fold. And that's that's totally okay if it's not the vision that you actually want to serve underneath, whether it's yours or serving someone else's vision. But you have to make that decision and you have to learn how to be all in. Second thing, is this a dream that belongs to someone else? Because if it is, it's just a wish. Okay. Number three, You'll never have enough drive, passion, or follow through to actually accomplish something that doesn't have a burden in your heart to accomplish, okay? Owners get emotionally charged about their vision, you guys. They get angry at the problems and they muster their own energy to become the solution. They think about it when they go to bed at night. They think about it when they wake up in the morning. You guys, it's on their mind all the time. I can't tell you how mad I get when I see women who don't know their identity. It makes me physically mad because I care about it so much because I walk through it because it's my life purpose to help women figure out who they are and to help them make money in their calling or to help them win their pageants or to help them, you know, become influencers and successful if that's the pathway that they want to achieve in life. Those things make me emotional. And I can't tell you how many books I've written probably on a thousand different little notes, which is why I'm actually compiling a book and why when every weekend intensive client comes, we have the powerhouse pageantry playbook that we give all of them, which is over a hundred pages that I've written over the past three years. That's really everything that they need spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, all of that, because this is my passion. It's what I write about when no one's giving you on a pat on the back, when no one's looking, when no one's giving you affirmation, that is the first step. You got to own the vision. Number two, to ask yourself, are you consistent? What you care about most will be reflected in your corresponding actions, okay? I think that aligns so perfectly with James 2.17. I'm gonna say that one more time. What you care about most will be reflected in your corresponding actions. Second thing, so what are your consistent thoughts, words, actions? What do you daydream about? What do people come to you for advice about? What do you think about, like I said, before you go to bed at night? What do you want to write down? What do you have the most notes about in your phone? What do you daydream about in class? What do you wish that you were working at, uh, working on when you're at your corporate job that you don't like, right? Another question. This is going to push your buttons a little bit, okay? In the terms of, are you consistent? Are you a Debbie Downer? Ugh. Are you that negative person who's not so fun to be around? Next one. Are you lazy? Ugh. Are you complaining? constantly, because guess what? You're going to attract other people who are complainers. And I was just talking to somebody even this week, who's a, a very far distance kind of acquaintance. And it was funny because they were telling me, well, I, I know this and this and this, and this is just the way that it is. And no one wants to hang out with me and nobody wants to this. And this is the way that it's going to be. And I just said, you know what? can I be very honest with you? And they were like, yeah, I said, I say this with all the love in my heart, but maybe it's not everybody else. 
have you taken a look at the person in the mirror? And I say that because I've had to do that exact same exercise for myself. When I had an eating disorder and I wanted to blame it on my metabolism or my age or my, you know, whatever, a hundred different things, it actually was just me. And I was in complete denial because I was so hurt that I couldn't even see the answer right in front of me that I just needed to change. So ask yourself those questions. Are you the problem? Okay, next question. Are you unfruitful in your mind or producing dead fruit all around you? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. It's so simple, but let that help you rather than condemn you in your life. Next one. Who are your top five friends and influencers in your life? We're going to talk about that in a little bit after this. Next one. Are you late to things you're expecting to reap positive results from? I got to raise both hands. So I made a New Year's resolution this year when uh, one of my mentors called me out on being late to everything. (laughs) It's just part of being an entrepreneur. And I actually had a huge realization moment. I realized that I've set up my entire life to show up when I want to control almost every situation. I control when I have clients. I control when I work. I control when I have to drive places. And so I've really never worked a corporate job where I had to clock in and clock out and, and And so being on time was very difficult for me. And granted, I'd be, you know, one or two minutes late to everything, but that's been a huge resolution of mine. Really, that just spoke to my character. And I'll never forget when my mentor, um, she said, you know, it can come off as disrespectful, like your time is the only person's time that you value. And I was like, ooh, that one hit me in the heart. But you know what? It's been one of the greatest things that I've held myself accountable for. And I will admit I've been late two or three times. I was late to a meeting this morning. But you know, now I feel that conviction. And it's it's really awesome that I want to honor the people that I'm around. You know, I want them to feel special. I want them to feel valued. And especially if I'm a coach who's, you know, born to help people figure out their identities and to make them feel really special, I need to make sure that I'm doing that in all aspects of my life. Okay. Next question, do you put time in to advance in the vision that's been given to you? I think that's a fantastic question, okay? Are you actually spending time studying your craft or have you become stagnant like you've already arrived? Okay, we're gonna talk all about stagnancy next week on that episode. Next one, are you the first to get there and the last to lead? Leave. So think about it. Leaders eat last. That's a fantastic quote by Simon Sinek, I believe, who wrote Finding Your Why and just a fantastic kind of motto to think about. If you're the person who's trying to set the culture and set the standard, then you should be working either the hardest or the smartest and making sure that you are visibly putting forth effort to make sure that honestly, like people want to honor you, people want to respect you. If you're the person who does the least work and expects the most, probably not gonna work so much in your favor. Okay, next one. Do you work on your dream even when you don't feel like it? Can people count on you or do you bail on people? Honestly, you guys, we all have that one friend that you just can't count on. And it's the worst feeling in the world because sometimes you'll reorient your entire day for these people and for them to just 30 minutes before say, oh, I can't come. You might need to reevaluate whether those people should be in your life. Next one. Do you constantly make excuses? Can people trust you? And last one, is your yes, yes, and your no, no. All these questions together will help you be more consistent. And I promise you, if you can apply these things, then they will immediately help you serve your vision and see results to get you from A to B. Okay, number three, what are you willing to sacrifice? You guys have probably all heard this quote before, but for everything, there is a cost. Everything. There is a price tag to everything that we will ever achieve. Might I add, 
ever. (laughs) There was a price paid for you, for your freedom, for your identity, for everything. And there are many types of costs. There are, again, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, financial. You'll hear me say that a million times. But anything great causes you to change on the inside first and the outside second. My pastor said that this past weekend, and it really, really stuck with me. It's the same reason, again, why with my eating disorder, I was just trying to fix the food problem. And that's why I struggled with it for almost two years, because until I was actually able to take a look inside and say, Megan, there might actually be something wrong with you, not just the food, not just control, not just trying to manipulate your whole outside world so that you are, you know, you don't have to deal with the fears on the inside. We really have to work through those things. And sometimes sacrifice means working through those mental and emotional things that trauma or the the different feelings, the bad things that have happened to you, I promise you that there's an outlet for freedom. And again, uh, we're going to talk about number four in a second. And number four has a large portion to do with getting over those types of things. Every higher level of leadership, influence, and position requires a greater amount and level of sacrifice. If you aren't willing or flat out won't sacrifice what it takes, you're going to carry a massive feeling of imposter syndrome, which we talked about in episode number 10, and you're going to feel this incongruency in your spirit. I don't know if you guys have ever felt that way. I certainly have. And I've known just when the Holy Spirit's knocking on my my heart, like, okay, you need to look at this. You need to change this. And I'm like, la, 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 la. It's just not the best feeling in the world. And honestly, when you have that kind of mental and emotional anguish, spiritual anguish, you just don't have enough headspace. You get decision fatigue so quickly that you, you really don't have a clear pathway towards your dreams. Okay, number four, what are your surroundings? Okay, again, this splits into five categories, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Do you have people pouring into you in the ways that you feel dry right now? Gosh, I can't tell you guys. And I understand it's super hard, first of all, first and foremost, and which is why I think hiring a mentor that you can connect with online or why I do my inner circle is because I have girls who live in towns of 2000 people. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the greatest thing in the world is that we get to come together as a community and, and I get to help build these girls up as my mentors are building me up because they really don't have anybody. And That's why originally the intent of the inner circle was to be 100% pageant coaching, but it's just so funny. It's become more um, life coaching than anything. And I have some girls who are just in there for life coaching because you honestly just can't find great mentors nowadays. It can be really, really hard um, or even to know where to find one. And so this is your open invitation. If you're a young lady who's competing in pageants or you may not even be competing in pageants and you just want somebody to have your back to talk about stuff with every month, we'd love to invite you to the inner circle and all the information is in the show notes or on our website, powerhousepageantry.com. So the next part of this, do you have accountability in your life? I have always had my mom as accountability and I'm so thankful for that because I realize that not everybody has that in their life. I also have an incredible sister that I tell most everything to and also a best friend. And now, you know, two or three really, really, really good friends that I trust with my life. And I also have my pastor that I get to meet with on a weekly basis, which is an extreme honor and extreme privilege. And it's just, I have seen on a personal level, even somebody who considers herself a high achiever, why everybody needs accountability. You need people who are checking you on your weaknesses. And as scary as that sounds, it's actually the pathway to success. If you've got these big dreams and you don't have any accountability in your life, I promise you it's going to be 10 times harder because you could be running in the rat race in a circle, 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 chasing your tail sometimes for years. And all you needed was somebody from the outside to be able to speak into your life who noticed it in like five seconds. 
Next question, do you surround yourself with yes men and yes women to make your ego feel better? Or do you have people who who will challenge your growth and can handle hearing your dreams, who aren't intimidated by your dreams, who maybe have already achieved the dreams that you're going for? Are you around other people who are investing in their futures and have dreams for their lives? Or are you around people who are just fine staying where they are? People who just say, oh, well, you don't need to work on that. Oh, you don't need to wake up early. Oh, come on, come out with us. Come do this with us. Come do this, come do this. There's so many distractions in life, you guys. And I can single-handedly tell you that when I purposely made my circle smaller of the people that I told my dreams to and the people that actually um, had conversations about my dreams with, that circle is probably fewer than 10 people. Very, very purposefully and specifically because you just can't share your dreams with everybody. There are gonna be dream killers and dream stealers and just not everyone is on your level. And that's not an ego thing. That's more just like, hey, if you're personally developing yourself like you are right now, even by listening to this podcast, you're doing it. And not most everybody is not going to listen to a podcast even. So you've separated yourself from the rest, even just by listening here today. And I'm really proud of you for that. But just understand that it's okay. And I give you permission, not that you even need it, but I give you permission right now to make your circle smaller and to really just only lean on the people who you know can actually handle hearing your dreams. So next question, what relationships might you need to cut off in your life? And last question, are you around people who inspire you, are positive, very important, and share your values and beliefs? So you guys can just think on that for a second. (laughs) Okay, and the last question, number five. Number five is, do you accept yourself? Now, honestly, guys, This ain't anything fancy, okay? I'm just gonna run through some statements and a few questions and I'm gonna take my time on these and I want you guys to close your eyes unless you're driving and just wholeheartedly ask yourself these questions, okay? Run all these through the filter of your mind and be honest with yourself whether you actually accept yourself or not, okay? So the first one, do you accept who you are? Do you accept what you are? And these can mean different things to different people. Do you accept how you roll? Do you accept what you believe? Do you accept how you speak? Maybe an accent, funny way, your tone of voice. Is it too high, too low, just right? Do you accept what you look like right now without any changes? Do you accept how you talk? Do you accept where you live? Do you accept where you're at in life? spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally? Do you accept what you've accomplished so far? Do you accept what you haven't accomplished so far? Do you accept what you want? Are you bashful about it? Do you accept what you like? Do you accept what you dislike? Do you accept your opinions? Do you accept your failures? Do you accept your triumphs? Do you accept your oddities? Do you accept your hair color, your eye color, your skin color? Do you accept the family you were raised in? Whew, okay, now I know that those are some questions, but I wanna tell you very frankly, actually, that I ask these questions very often to my clients. And, you know, this obviously just takes a couple minutes, but just by asking these questions and figuring out if this is a yes or no from my clients, I can find out so much about them. And honestly, I can 
tell all this by a 10 minute conversation with any one of my clients without even asking some of these questions specifically, because you can just tell by how somebody carries themselves, what they talk about, what they don't talk about, how open they are, all those different things. And I want to encourage you pageant women who are listening to ask yourselves these questions frequently and to work on making sure that you subconsciously accept yourself in these areas. And if you can be really honest with yourself about the areas that you might need to work on, not with any condemnation or shame, but as a launching pad and a starting point to where you want to grow to, you know, because think about it. If I can tell these things in a 10 minute conversation, sometimes even over the phone with some of you guys, then the judges can too. Or maybe you're not a pageant girl, but maybe the person who's trying to hire you, right? Maybe somebody who you want to mentor you and rejected you, right? Or who said, hey, you know, maybe it's not the right time. Or maybe you go to networking events and you wonder why you aren't the belle of the ball. Or maybe you wonder why that first date didn't work out and didn't turn it into a second date. I know that it might sound really silly, but these questions are phenomenal questions for you guys to repeat over and over and over to yourselves. And then ask yourselves, why not? And then ask yourselves, how? Reach out to me, DM me on Instagram if you need to, at Megan underscore Swanson or at Powerhouse Pageantry if you want some more tips and tricks as to how you can start developing yourself in these areas to actually accept yourself. And on the flip side, you guys, when we do accept these things about ourselves, we end up being incredibly charismatic, bright, and fun people to be around. Because think about it. When we love and accept who we are, we project that into the world and everyone around us. So I want you guys to think about the person that you find the most charismatic or the most awesome person that you know in the whole world. Close your eyes maybe for a second and think about that. And I want you to think whether they emulate these qualities. Because I think you'll surprise yourself that something that makes a really well-rounded awesome, vision-filled person who totally gets after their dreams and accomplishes those things has nothing to do with what they look like, what their hair color is, what their skin color is, where they came from, what their family is or isn't, how much money they have or don't have, but it has everything to do with who they see that they are, which reflects in their thoughts, their words, and their actions. I hope that these five tips helped you guys today. I know that my life changed when I started becoming aware of these things and implementing these things into my life a few years ago. And so I hope you guys re-listen to this podcast if you really needed to hear this today. And I can't wait to see you guys again next week.